In this same spirit of worship, let us look unto our Lord and pray. God, we thank you for this morning of beautiful rain that just refreshes everything and really just kills a little bit of that pollen. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your word that we have heard in song, that we have heard in poetry, that we have heard in our hearts. But we ask you, O Lord, in this special moment to open our hearts, open our ears, and not just our ears, but our spiritual ears, that we may be able to listen to you and not to Edwin. Speak to us in such a way that, that we know it's you. And not just some speech or fabrication of words. Speak to us in such a way that we know that it's you so that we can then respond to you properly and wholly as a living sacrifice. We thank you for wanting to speak to us. Spirit of God, open our ears, soften our hearts, that we may be fertile soil for your word this morning. Through Christ our Lord, amen and amen. I don't know if you're aware, if you have been here for the last four Sundays, I have been speaking and preaching basically about oneness. And it basically kind of is kind of logical because we are three different historical congregations coming together into one congregation. And, and therefore, unity needs to be part of our first lives. The tendency was to have, you know, to continue to do what we did in Calvary, to continue to do what we did in Woodland, and to continue to do what we did in South Minister. And that would have been a recipe for disaster. We need to intentionally, slowly, carefully, intelligently, try to leave behind the things that were no good, that did not produce fruit, that did not multiply our attendance. It may have filled our hearts, it may have felt very warm and cozy, and that's okay, but we weren't touching the communities around us in an effective and significant way. So as we came together to Light of Hope, the message that I've been sharing is basically that we are one, and that God called us together under one lordship, and that Lord is Jesus Christ, that we are called together under his lordship to be one, to be one with one another, and we are not called together due to our theologies, we are not called together even through our politics. We are not called together even through our religiosities. But we are called together specifically under the Lordship of Christ, under one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Secondly, the second Sunday, we talked about oneness in identity. And we discovered that God has changed names in the past. And whenever God changes a name to a person or a people in the past, it is because God has an intentional purpose for that name change. And usually that purpose is for the glory of God, for that person who was perhaps in a situation manipulating God. Now he's like Jacob, Israel. As Jacob, he was manipulating everybody. 
and sneaking around and doing his way. But yet when God called him and changed his name from Jacob to Israel, Israel began to learn to do things God's ways, not his way. And it takes a learning. It takes a process for do that. But God changed the name to Jacob. God changed the name from Peter, from Simon to Peter, from a fisherman to now a fisher of souls of men and women for the gospel. So when God changes names, God changes names due to a purpose, a specific mission, a new vision. And we know that vision is called Light of Hope. And we found out that we were called Light of Hope, not because of the building, not because of the organization, but because we individually, each one of us, is the light of hope for this community in Jesus' name. Last Sunday, we talked about that we were called to, to oneness. We were called out of whatever we were at. And we were called into a family of belonging, a family of God that God calls the church. But not only to warm benches and to get cozy and warm up and to grow together in fellowship and see us going to the triumphant church one another, but also to affect, infect, and transform the community around us. So we have been called out to belong, but once we belong, we are being called out, pushed out to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Today, briefly, I want to share with you oneness in power. How God has called us together to be one. And as we are one, we have the power. Now, I'm not talking about power of the masses. I'm not talking about the power of the majority. I'm not talking about the power that can manipulate and throw down kingdoms and governments because there are so many to control. That's not the kind of power I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of power that we read in, the, in 1 Chronicles 29, 11, when the scripture says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. We are talking about the power of God. Job describes it in this way. Exalted is God in his power. Who is a, who is a teacher to him? Mm. Revelation says hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belongs to our God. Because the power belongs to God. But God has called us out to bring us together so that as we are together, God's power will be evident amongst us, in us, and through us. Actually, God's power not only uh, is in us, but God's power brings people closer to God. Isn't that what the whole story of the gospel is about? God calling us closer to God's self. God calling us closer to himself. God calling us out of darkness, like I said last week, into his marvelous light of Jesus Christ. So that we not only are redeemed through God, through Jesus Christ, with God, and we have a healthy and open relationship with God. But as we come closer to God, that redemption that we have received from God also spreads out of us into one another. So God has called us out of and has given us the power because the power of God brings people closer to God through redemption, through restoring broken relationships, and even God reclaiming what was lost. 
You see, in God's story, we had become lost. In God's perspective, we had gone astray. We had gone in our own ways. And God, through Jesus Christ, in the power of Jesus Christ, as Paul says, Jesus Christ, being the power of God, has reclaimed us, has called us back to God's self, has called us back to be His own property. Property? His own creation. His own object of love. We are God's object of love. Do you know that? We are God's object of love. Now, not only does God, the God's power brings people closer to God, but God's power brings people closer to one another. Once we realize that we have been loved unconditionally, once when we internalize that we have for, been forgiven all, we can then begin to love others like that. You see, because it is as we receive that unconditional love, as we receive that forgiveness in our lives, and we let go of the guilt, and we let go of those hang-ups, it is that we become free to offer it to others. Because if we don't have it, we can't give it. If it's not in us, and we give it out, it's not authentic, it's fake. And guess what? We know it. We know it. So God's power not only brings people closer to God, but it brings people closer to one another. What are we doing here? Three different churches. We're now building relationships with one another. Why do you guys have that thing hanging from your side? Well, Sonny has it in the middle of his neck. <laughs> you see? But it's because we want to learn each other's name. We want to build new relationships. We want to build new friendships. And as we build new friendships, we increase in faith. So God's power also brings people closer together for building relationships, for the spreading of that love and that forgiveness, and for increasing in faith. You know why I say increasing in faith? Because not only does God's power bring people closer to God and brings people closer to one another, but finally... God's power resides in our midst. You know that it used to be in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God would come and go from heaven and earth. Did you know that? In the Old Testament covenants, the Spirit of God would descend at the will of God and would lead again. But beloved, as children of God, as those of us who have been reclaimed by God and Jesus Christ. Let me do this. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'll behave and I'll stay in the pulpit. Thank you. I can do it. I can do it. Uh, so as children of God... God, actually the Spirit of God, now comes, dwells, and resides in us. The language is no more like in the Old Testament. Oh, the Spirit has gone. You have flown away the Spirit. No. The language in the New Testament is we have quenched the Spirit. We have bottled the Spirit because it is in us. God's power is in us. So when we come before God, we are aware that God's kingdom is in our midst. The way this whole project came together, it was the manifestation of God's kingdom in the midst of the vision group, in the midst of presbytery, in the midst of the pink Puerto Rican who didn't want to come to Georgia but ended up in Chicago and ended up in Georgia anyway, and he's happy. That's how God works out things. 
And it is the kingdom of God that becomes evident amongst us. Oh, it is not a building. It is not a space. It is the reality when we call and, and we have an issue and then we find out it's been taken care of miraculously. Miraculously. That is evidence of the kingdom of God. So God's power, not only God has called us to oneness, but it is when we are together, when we are the church, when we are the body of Christ, the power of God becomes evident in our midst. We have been called. We have been called one in God's power. The power of God is what makes us one. One day the disciples were asking Jesus, Oh Jesus, how are they going to know that we are your disciples? How are they going to know that we follow you? Is it going to be through doctrines? No. Is it going to be through signs and wonders? No. Was it going to be through our politics? No. Was it going to be through our social and justice issues? No. And Jesus replied, By your love, by your love, they will know that you are my followers. Is that powerful? Is that the power of God dwelling in us? You see, God has brought us together. God has made it possible for us to come to this point. And if you don't think God is committed to carry us out through whatever process we are in in our journey for transformation, oh dear, God is committed. God is committed to the point that God sent his only son for each one of our lives so that we don't just sit here and cozy up but so that God's spirit will dwe who dwells in us will revive, will rekindle, will reactivate, and will reignite our passion for Jesus Christ, for the lost out there out of our walls, and we will bring them to Jesus Christ. Not to the building necessarily, but to Jesus Christ's feet. This morning as we approach the table, I invite you to make a decision. I invite you to make a commitment. God has called us to be one. God has called us out of three congregations. God has called me out of Miami to be your pastor, to be an innovator amongst us. Oh, that's a refined word. An innovator. That's why I was called. And we are going to pastorally and carefully try to follow those innovations that God has called us to do. But we need to do one thing first. We need to be one. We need to be one. And, and you see, it is amazing that sometimes we have our own agendas, our own desires. I like it this way. I like it that way. And you know what I have discovered? That the gospel is not about me. It's not about being myself and I. It is about Jesus' glory. It is about God's glory. And I may have a desire to dance salsa in the church. <laughs> what? Oh, we can call it that too. And I may have a desire to do more things. But I will do them as God guides us. And when I see somebody clapping, I rejoice as everybody. When I see somebody not clapping, we rejoice as somebody's not clapping. Because you are basically expressing your love for God and for Jesus in your own way. But rejoice when somebody's doing it in your own way. 
special days the bird? Ask me later. Are we call it Second Corinthians? The Second Corinthians is lost. So, Second Corinthians four. Paul says, "Let for God who said let light shine out of darkness." Genesis made his light to shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. But you see, we have this pressure, this pressure. We have this pressure in jars of clay. Oh, this is not a jar of clay, this is a candle, I know. But might as well be. Beat up by the weather of life, Beaten up by the winds of life, from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. And if this was a perfectly shaped candle, it wouldn't have been a fake. Because life is not perfect. Do I hear amen? Amen. Life buffets us from the left and from the right, and then it swings the left hand, and we don't know where it came from, right? Oh, yeah. But even in that we're one. We all suffer today. And, and our lives are not perfect. I, I mean, look at this guy here. He's had some difficulties in life. Look at this one. Oh, goodness. And look at that one. It's so dirty that I wonder. Life is not perfect. But yet, he has pleased God in God's provision to put that light, to put that light of Christ, to put that light of the power of that which is Christ inside that jar of clay, or as I was example today, this very fragile candles. But guess what?
manifest God's character, to manifest God's grace. People who walk through the desert, people who walk through the clean floor of the ocean, dry as can be, saw the power of God. And for that, O oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the prophets who shared the word and your power throughout your history of forming a people. And we thank you also that in the new covenant, you sent Jesus Christ who manifested your power in deed, in word, and in miracles, doing signs and wonders amongst the people, creating commotion and attracting many to see who is this who does so many miracles. And we thank you for his life, and we thank you for the spirit that both of you sent of God and Son to dwell and live in us. Thank you, O oh God, for the wonders that you give us. Thank you for this table, because we know that in that day it will be from the north, the south, the east, and the west. People from all nations, all tongues, all cultures will come together, sing that song, 